Just when you thought it was safe to go looking for a podcast, you stumbled across us. Fantastic. You're in the right place. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you found the number one podcast in all the land. Okay, just Mississippi. But we're going with that until documentation proves otherwise. Now strap in for the journey from the lower levels of Ridgewood Recording Studios. We are World of Wild. Enjoy. All right, everybody, we're back today with another episode. Keeping that train rolling here in Season 5, guys. If you think last week's episode was an awesome episode, then today's episode is going to be equally as impressive. Just like I had Nate Riggs, a veteran, last week, I got another veteran this week, a gentleman named Chase Russell, 27 years old, guy thinks he wants to be Howard Hughes. He's got, he is the CEO and founder of Russell Aviation. It's a private air charter brand out of Florida. He's a full-time student. He's a father. He's a husband. That dude's even got plans to run for the Florida State House of Representatives. Now, his company, Russell Aviation, it was built from the ground up with Chase Russell as the sole owner and founder of the company. Look, guys, his focus for the company is to offer affordable, luxury, private flights at a fixed rate while integrating simple booking and purchasing processes via mobile application, and it's revitalizing the private airline industry. Because, guys, everybody knows, everybody's not a baller like me, for example, from World of Wally. You know, can't everybody jump on a PJ, and for you old cats, PJ stands for private jet, and fly all over the world? This guy's helping the little guy, me, you know, and other people like that. So here's the deal. His story, super inspirational. You definitely want to check it out. Now, he, while starting this company, managed and performed day-to-day operations at the company while trying to to do the full-time student deal. He received his bachelor's in business, and he had plans to attend law school after he completes his graduation. This guy has got it going on, and you want to hear his story. So after the break... The Wild Blue Yonder with Chase Russell. Hey guys, your host William here. Quick question. Are you a First and Second Amendment kind of person? Because if you are, our new affiliate partner, Tactical Brotherhood, is your place. If you're looking for ammo, guns, or gear, check out the link in the episode notes and enter code PATRIOT15 at checkout to receive that 15% discount. Also, Tactical Brotherhood, veteran-owned company. Now, back to the episode. All right, guys, we're back from the break, and as promised today, my guest, Chase Russell. Chase, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Chase has an amazing story, guys, and he's going to share it with us today. Um, He uh, is a child, a mere child. How old are you, uh, Chase? 26 years old and this guy has his own aviation company he thinks he's Howard Hughes or somebody I don't know what the deal is he's going to share how this whole odyssey 
um, you know, where he is in this moment, how this, this odyssey got him to this point. So Chase, why don't you go ahead, give us a, a few quick facts about you, and then just jump right into your story and tell us how we are in this moment right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like you said, I'm 26. I, uh, I'm an Air Force veteran. I, I did three tours in Afghanistan, and then I did one in, uh, in Kuwait. And um, I decided about two, October 2019 when I got out of the Air Force, I was like, you know what? I got a real passion for aviation. I got a real passion for uh, for business, and I, I really enjoy both aspects of that. And I started thinking, how can I put these two together and start something? Uh, start something that not everybody wakes up every single day and says, you know what, I'm going to do that today. Everybody, you know, there's a lot of people that wake up and they think, oh, I can start a restaurant. I can start this, and there's nothing against that. But not many, not many people you meet just wake up and start a private airline. And it was something unique, and it was a real hard hard thing to do. And I thought, you know. Let's do it. But so you so said guess, you said 2019 sparked this this vision. Uh, mm -hmm. So you weren't the kid that I would have seen in Walmart or wherever, uh, you know, being dragged by your parents down one of the aisles with the little toy airplane, you know, swooping over. Is or is that what got you into the military? Because you said you were Air Force. Is that is that no, what so, influenced um, you to go into the Air Force? So I got uh, in high school. I did. I did pretty well in high school and I always thought you know I want to I want to own my own business I always knew growing up that I wanted to I wanted to own a business I didn't know what I wanted to do but I wanted to do something I wanted to do something really big and um I had met my I had met my ex-wife at the time we we had gotten married right out of high school and I I had my my oldest daughter Marley uh she's eight now and I thought man I'm 18 what am I supposed to do? Like most 18 year olds right out of high school that had a kid, they're like, Hey, maybe I should join the military. My bro my younger brother was joining the military. He was joining the air force and he kind of pulled my arm and said, Hey, let's go to the recruiter. So I go up with the recruiter and the recruiter, um, talked me into it for the most part. And, uh, this is his exact words. He goes, I've only been deployed one time and that normally never happens in 13 years. So I'm thinking, okay, my wife's on, my wife at the time, she's on board. And I was like, all right, let's sign up. A few months later, I'm at basic training. I get through basic training. I go to Shepherd Air Force Base for tech school. Um, I become, I, I signed a contract as a uh, MQ-9 Reaper drone mechanic. And uh, it was neat. I thought it was great. Everybody was like, man, that's the coolest job in the world. You're going to have so much fun. You're working on all kinds of cool technology, top secret stuff. And I was excited for it. And, uh, I finally, I get done with tech school. I get my orders and uh, my orders say Holloman Air Force Base, New Mexico. And I'm like, where the heck is Holloman Air Force Base, New Mexico? <laughs> I had never been in New Mexico. I had never been west of the Mississippi. So yeah. I was thinking, okay, let's, let's do it. So I go, I get to Holloman Air Force Base, New Mexico. I in process. And uh, two months after being there, I get another set of orders slapped down on me. They say, you're going to Afghanistan, Kandahar, Afghanistan. And I was like, all right, so I go home. I tell my wife I just spent six, seven, uh, no, eight months away from at this point. My daughter is now one, and I was like, hey, I got to go to Afghanistan. So I go to Afghanistan, and uh, it was the most fun I'd never want to have again. Mm. And uh, I've never heard it described yeah. that way, but that's the that's, most fun you never yeah. want to have. That's how I've described yeah. 90% of my military career. It's just the most fun you never want to have again. But So... We get back from Afghanistan six months later. I get another set of orders. Let's go to Afghanistan again. So I was like, all right, been there, done that. Let's do it again. Yeah. You shouldn't have done such a good job. That's what the problem was. 
That's exactly what the problem was. <laughs> they said, hey, you did a heck of a job the first time. Let's go back again. Yeah. Um, it just so happened. So um, when you're working on the MQ-9s more specifically, when you're working on those types of aircraft, they're, they're in high demand in the military and especially with the Air Force because of the capabilities of them. Um, well, also, little did I know when I signed the contract that you also get to go to some really terrible places. And um, so, yeah, like I was saying, we, we went to Kandahar again and, and came back and I was like, all right, it's time to relax. It's time to just sit at home for a minute and just get my feet on the ground and let's get into normal life. Let's get, you know, back into the swing of being a husband and a father and stuff like that. Well, eventually I, I ended up getting divorced at the time and my, my wife, my ex-wife and my daughter moved back to Florida and I get another set of orders. They said, you're going to, you're going to Kuwait and you're going to do a year there. So I was like, all right. So I'm sitting in Kuwait. By this time I'd been in the air force for about four five years now I've been in the Air Force and I've spent three and a half of it almost overseas and I'm starting to get tired of I'm starting to get get tired of missing my daughter I start thinking back and I start thinking man you're supposed to be you're supposed to be something a lot bigger than this you're supposed to be something that's not sitting in a bombed out bunker in the middle of Kuwait somewhere you're supposed to be doing something amazing with your life and I was going to school at the time and that that felt good and I was the first person to ever even attend college in my in my family so I was like you know I was proud of myself for that but I started thinking, okay, I get out, I get out of the Air Force here in, in a year or so, I got to start coming up with a plan. Like, what am I going to do? Am I just going to keep resigning and keep deploying all this time? Or am I going to find something that I want to do and something that's going to really be a passion for me? So I'm sitting in this bunker in Kuwait and I start thinking and I start thinking back to, okay, let's put business and aviation together. Let's put it together. And I start looking at the industry. I start looking at the entire aviation industry, aviation maintenance, FBO services, commercial airlines. And I start looking, there's a huge gap. And what I found was there was a huge gap between most private charter companies. And they're offering flights for tens of thousands of dollars. That's what you think of when you think of a private charter. They're completely out of range for just anybody. You're thinking of executives, CEOs, you're thinking of famous uh, movie stars and, and the Justin Bieber's of the world. But there's a whole complete market that wants to fly aviation or private aviation. They just don't think they can afford it. So how do you make it affordable? So I start running the numbers and I start running the metrics of it. And I start thinking, okay, how can we make this affordable to a, to a market? The people that can, that can buy first class, that want to fly first class and they want to fly privately, but they're not willing to pay the extra expenses for private. So how do you make a private flight the same price as a first class ticket. And as I'm running the numbers, I start to get this idea for Russell Aviation. I start to start putting the business plan together. And I had no, I had no, I didn't have a degree in business. I wasn't getting a degree in business. I had zero entrepreneur experience. I had zero experience with anything that had to do with starting an aviation company. And I just started teaching myself and teaching myself and teaching myself. And I had a whole year to do it sitting in Kuwait. Not where, I mean, I was working 12 hours a day, six, seven days a week. But on my off time, I was constantly building this business plan. So I come home from Kuwait and I am gung-ho. I'm ready to go and let's, let's get out of the Air Force. Let's start this business. So as I'm getting out of the Air Force, I'm going to uh, the SBA, the Small Business Association or Administration. They offer a boots to business course. So I go to that twice. Um, it's a two week course and it's just constantly them teaching veterans how you can start a business. And of course I walk in day one and everybody's starting the, 
I'm going to start a t-shirt business. I'm going to do a restaurant. And then they're like, okay, what are you starting? I'm like, I'm going to start an airline. And they, they almost laughed me out of the room. Um, but here I am. And then, um, so I get, I get out of the air force. Um, I'm, I'm remarried by this time to my, my most, the most amazing wife I could possibly have my partner in crime. She literally, she's the type of woman that I come in and I say, Hey, here's my crazy ID. And she goes, you're a pretty smart guy. Let's figure it out. Mm. <laughs> she's uh, amazing. But we got another daughter on the way at this point. And, uh, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to figure out what I'm doing. Okay. Cause I've got all these plans for this, but I don't know how to even get this thing off the ground. So I decided I had a, a buddy had messaged me and said, Hey, you can do private contracting. Um, I can do the same job I was doing in the air force. Um, just make a whole lot more money. And I got to go back to Afghanistan for the third time. Mm. And I was like, all right, well, you know, it's only five months in Afghanistan working seven days a week, 12 hour days, but it's going to buy me some money. It's going to buy me some time to keep going full time into this business that I'm trying to start. So I do that. I do that. And, uh, in January of 2020, I do that. And, uh, sure as heck what happens in March of 2020 is COVID. <laughs> and uh, I got stuck in Afghanistan for a lot longer than I expected. Yeah, I imagine. So I was going to ask you that had to throw a monkey wrench in it because they wasn't letting anybody move back then. No, so we, um, I well, I got there in January, and um, we started hearing about it over there. We, I mean, we don't really we get a little bit of the news, but it's normally uh, it's the armed forces news. It's called mm-hmm. AFN. Yeah. And um, and we're on a military base, so you know you you've got some people coming from stateside, and they're telling you like what's happening. Flights are getting shut down, and when you're there, you're thinking you're stuck there. I mean, there's no getting in and out. Um, it's not like you can just be like, all right, I'm out guys. See you later. You know? Um, but March comes rolling around and they shut down everything. We, we would normally be flying in and out of Dubai, but Dubai was shut down. We'd be flying either Dubai or Qatar. Qatar shut everything down. Everybody was quarantined. We couldn't move. And I was supposed to leave in April. And, um, so I'm freaking out and I'm thinking, man, the world's ending and I'm stuck in Afghanistan at this point. Uh, yeah. My wife and kids are back home. I am, for lack of a better term, I'm screwed. Um, we eventually, I, I ended up hopping on a uh, Department of State contracted private flight, which is kind of ironic because now I do private flights. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we ended up hopping on and we, we flew. We had to make one stop in Germany, one stop in London, one stop in Iceland, another stop in Maine. But we finally got home to D.C. and it felt so good to be back on, on U.S. soil. After all the deployments I had went on, it felt so good to finally be back on U.S. soil. And that's when I said, you know what? No more. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done with that. I'm done with that lifestyle. I'm done with the deployments. You know, I almost got trapped there this time. I'm not doing it anymore. And that's when it started really clicking in my brain that I need to go. I need to go full steam ahead on, on my dreams. So I start waking up, I start waking up at three o'clock in the morning and it's just personal development for the first three hours. It's reading every book I can possibly find on business startups, how to gain capital, how to do everything you need to do to start a business. And it's talking to people, it's networking, it's constantly all of that. So I, I wake up at three, I get going and I'm in my office by six and I'm working until six, seven at night. And mind you, this entire time I'm going to school, I'm going to school full time, um, to finish up my bachelor's. And then next year I'll be going to law school, um, to, to get my law degree for another three years. But mm. 
Um, it's been a wild ride to where I am now. It's been, so I went full steam on this in May and, uh, we're going to be taking, we're going to be getting two jets and starting our flights in June, uh, into the Caribbean, into the Keys, um, and a few other places, uh, Mississippi actually. And, uh, mm-hmm. then we're going to start moving out into Arizona, New York, New England, those areas. And, uh, it's been a wild ride. Where in the beautiful state of Mississippi will you be flying into, sir? Anywhere you want to. I hear you. Any airport that's not a privately owned airport without a uh, out a subscription to it. So I love that answer. It's like, man, I'll drop I will drop you off in a cornfield if I have to. <laughs> well, that's the great thing. Well, that's the great thing about privately, and especially with the jets, the, the Cessna citations that we're flying is that you can land just about anywhere that's not a dirt runway. I mean, this isn't a C-130, so, I mean, you can land just about anywhere that's not a dirt runway and any airport that's not privately owned. So, I mean, what's so great about it is it offers such convenience for the individual that's flying because they don't want to drive. You know, if you're flying with Southwest, you got to drive, uh, you know, way far into the city. If you're way out in the country, you got to drive an hour just to get to the plane. We can fly you right to your hometown if your hometown has a municipal airport. Right. So, it's, so, uh, it's, it's, so six months from now, if I talk to you, I, you won't be doing contract work for the for the government overseas anywhere. I, I'm assuming, huh? You, you're uh, you've had all you that. Know, you, I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly done with that. You've had I, all that. Um, you can stand, okay? <laughs> Just yeah, curious. I, I mean, I can stand. I'm done with the contracting. I'm done with the military. Um, uh, not that I, and I don't want to ever talk bad about the military. I enjoyed my service. I, I thought it was, uh, it's an amazing thing that I think every young person, I mean, if you're 18, 19, getting out of high school and you, you don't know what you're wanting to do with it, um, what you're wanting to do with your life, whether you're wanting to go to college or not, the military is an amazing thing. I mean, there's so many things when you come out of the military that you've learned. I, I wasn't the best public speaker when I came or when I joined the military and I could speak to anybody. My wife amazes her. I can speak to anybody at any time and any place and uh, have a full on conversation with them. I mean, there's amazing things that come from it and the benefits that come afterwards and, and just a personal benefit from it of the sense that, you know, you, you served, you did your time, you, you did what you needed to do. And, and now you're out and you get to input, you know, something better into society off of what you've learned for the past four to six years. Well, I do want to thank you for your service, especially because you went, you, you were in a, a part of the world that a lot of folks here can't really grasp because you can describe that area all you want, but until you're actually, as you called it, boots on the ground, nobody can truly understand what the situation you were in and the area that you were in. So, quick question here. You said, now, Russell Aviation, the actual vision, the dream was realized. What was the actual start date? So I, I mean. We're not talking about in the bunker. I'm not talking about in the bunker in Kuwait. I'm talking about actually like here in America. When when did we? June of 2020. June of 2020. So where are we? It is now, what is this? this, uh, I'm actually talking to him in February of 2021. So, like, where are we in the process? I mean, you're not replacing Southwest or United anytime soon. But, I mean, where, where are we in the process? No, so um, starting an airline kind of runs uh, a bit different when you're talking about business models. I mean, you can, 
a lot of people think, okay, you can start, if you're looking at just a basic, you know, a food truck or something like that, you can buy a food truck and you can get going. You might need to get a food licensing or, you know, the, the food safety license, or I can't remember exactly what it's called. But um, when it comes to flying people um, and when it comes to what's called uh, for hire flights, you got to go, you got to jump through the ringer of uh, certifications and that's really what the holdup starts to become it's not only you know in normal business where you're raising capital when you're when you're uh you know sourcing employees or sourcing assets and stuff like that um what it what it really boils down to is how quick can the government get you what's called a part 135 or a part 91 certification um and if you've ever worked with the government or went to a dmv you know that the government does not move the fastest in the world. Um, so that's, that's really what it boils down to is, is, is right now what we're waiting on um, is we're finishing our seed round of capital raise. So we did a pre-seed round, um, which is initial startup funds. We did a seed, we're doing a seed round. And we're finishing that up uh, probably at the end of March, we'll be finishing that up. And then uh, we're at the same time, we're also waiting on the part 135 certification, which we started in January. Um, and it can take up to six to eight months to, to even get that certification because you have to do not only pre-application, you have to do application, you have to build organizational manuals. There's about 12 different organizational manuals. You have to build a training program, a drug testing program. You have to build them. It's not a, it's not a cookie cutter thing. You have to build those from scratch. Then the FAA has to come in and, um, they have to come in and make sure your pilots are good. Make sure your aircraft are good. They have to check all of that. They go through your manuals. They do 25 hours normally of uh, check rides. So you have to take the FAA in your aircraft with your pilot and run through different safety scenarios. Um, and it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of hurdles and it's a big barrier to entry with the airline. Which now that I know, uh, back when I was thinking about it, back when I started coming up with this idea, I thought. Why is no? Why would nobody ever just start an airline? Yeah. And now yeah. I know because there's so many barriers to entry. But the people like me that are willing to go after it, those are the ones that are going to be successful at the very end because they've taken that time. Well, and after all of this, you now know why they gave you that look when you walked in that class and people were talking oh, no about. Oh no! Yeah, no. Yeah. Now that I yeah. look back at it, yeah. I think, man, everybody that thought I was yeah. crazy, they were. Right. That's right. That crazy dude in the corner going to build an airline from scratch. What's wrong with that guy? Yeah. You didn't know that though. No, the reason I, I ask that is well, the reason I ask that question is because I know just what you talked about. The whole governmental bureaucracy, you know, hurry up and slow down mentality that the government has. And I knew it was you got quite you have quite a road, or as they say around here and these old country folks around here say, you got quite a road uh you know, a road to hoe and you got a long way to go. So um so you personally yeah, I heard you mention a C one thirty and Cessna and all that kind of the smaller Cessna stuff. Can you fly anything? You personally? No. I uh everybody asks this. I am not a pilot. I don't plan on becoming a pilot. Um I was a mechanic for a while. I went to I went to go be an AMP. I went and uh tried to get certified for AMP right before I got out um of the military and uh I didn't have my whole heart into it, so I didn't I didn't give it the effort that I should have. Um I was working on schooling on top of that. So mm. I was trying to get an AMP and I was the, the school that I went to was a two week course and it was a compact course. And I'd been working on aircraft for six years at the time. 
So I was, I went in very confident and I left very unconfident. <laughs> yeah. A bit um, broken might be. <laughs> I left, I left with my tail between my legs. Definitely. Um, and then, but I look back at it now and I was like, that wasn't my passion. That wasn't something I was passionate about. I didn't go in on all the way. Um, but yeah, I have no, I have no plans to become a pilot. I don't want to become a pilot. I have very good pilots that I, um, have flying for me and I'm excited to work with them. That was just a curiosity question. I mean, I, I didn't know, you know, we joked before we got started about Howard Hughes, you know, he tried to start his own airline and, and, you know, because he started it for a different reason, because he was so obsessed with flight that he thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to just create my own. And that's why I was wondering, were you that kid that looked to the sky and saw the jets, you know, and thought, man, I want to do that one day. But that, I wasn't, I, that's what I really wasn't until, until I joined the Air Force, really. I really had no, um, I had an interest in aircraft and I, mm-hmm. I've flown quite a bit, but I never, I never really looked at the idea of aviation. I'd never really taken into consideration that, you know, for instance, a C5 galaxy can take off and it's completely, the physics don't line up on a C5 galaxy taking off the runway and it does. Um, or, you know, like a 747, those things, they're amazing. They're huge. And it's just the, the idea behind these planes and the idea of how they work and the idea of, of mixing business into it and providing a service for people that they think is, you know, I have a lot of people message me and they say, man, I could only dream of flying private. I could only dream of taking my wife on a vacation. And in the reality of it, you're making that, my company's making that a dream. The people that want to do a destination wedding and they want to do all the bells and whistles, um, but they don't want to spend $20,000. If you can spend, you know, $2,000 and you get a fly to the Bahamas on a private jet and you're there with your new bride or you're there with your wife you've been married to for 50 years, you know, taking your, your 50th anniversary on a private jet, that's special. That's something that's unique that you can offer somebody. And I, I think that's something that, that is, is neat for me. Um, and of course, for, for us too, my, I mean, being a veteran, my thing is I want to really give back with this company and doing something as crazy as starting an airline. I really want to take it and start giving back to the veteran community. And uh, I can't speak on it too much now, but uh, we've got a lot of uh, things in the works as partnering with certain vet, veterans organizations where we're going to start offering free flights for veterans. We're going to take them. They just got home from Iraq, Afghanistan, wherever it is. We're going to take them on a vacation all expenses paid on a private jet. Fantastic. You know, you, yeah. you brought up something a few minutes ago that stuck out in my mind because as this conversation was approaching, I was just scanning through the internet a couple of days ago or three days ago, and I noticed uh, you were talking about how the uh, FAA, you know, makes you jump through all these hoops, you know, test flights and all that kind of stuff. Well, see, the problem is they don't want you to happen like what happened in Denver the other day where part of a plane actually, what I think the complete... I want to say the whole engine fell off and it was, you know, they found pieces of it all through this subdivision in, in Denver. So, I mean, we got to be super careful. You know, you got, you got a lot of souls up there you taking care of. So, uh, yeah, I was just a curiosity question though, about where you was the, you wanting to fly, be it, you know, the driving force behind it. So what's, uh, what's, what's your plan? Like, like a year from today, like where would you want to see Russell aviation a year from right now? A year from now, um, I want to see us having multiple locations throughout the southeast. I want to see us having uh, multiple aircraft throughout the southeast. I want to start moving into larger aircraft. 
I want to start moving into uh, the 737s and stuff like that and start chartering huge. Uh, I mean, the charter market, when you're when you're looking at private aviation in itself, there's there's what you think of when you think of private aviation, which is, like I said, the CEOs and the, the famous people. And they're they're all flying these, you know, mid-sized business jets and they're fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the biggest part of the charter market, though, is actually moving cargo and moving uh for instance, uh, troops, like I said before, we chartered, the, the Department of State had chartered a flight for us to come home from Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a 747. Uh, Atlas, actually, the largest charter company in the world, is um, they chartered with the DOD, they chartered with the government. Um, I would like to move into, start moving into that part of the charter industry while also having the, the private luxury line as well. Um, if we're talking five, 10 years down the road, uh, resorts, I want to start flying people to Russell, Russell resorts. Okay. I, uh, you know, I, I love to hear a young man that limits his, his dreams and abilities. That's for sure. You are, you're really, man, you're, you're really stifling yourself at this point, but I do like the idea that, uh, you, you have all these plans in the works and you speak about them with such uh exuberance i guess would be a good word that uh i believe you could convince rooms full of people that that's where you're going to be in five to ten years that's what's so scary so for a fellow that's not a real good public speaker you're extremely convincing that's for sure yeah um i like to look at life this way i mean i'm 26 now i've um I've got a little bit, I mean, God willing, nothing happens. I've got a little bit left um, to do, and I've got one life to live. You might as well just go after it. I mean, nobody, if you look at Elon Musk and people like him, he, the man runs $4 billion companies. I think I can start an airline. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into the, the idea that people can limit themselves or that's too big. You can't do that. I, when people tell me you can't do something, Man, that makes me want to do it 10 times more. I love it. I love when people tell me that I can't do something or it's too big or it's something that's not achievable. It, so, uh, it fires me up. So you want to be like Jeff Bezos. You actually want to be able to step away from your CEO spot to actually enjoy time with your family and spend some of the money you've made. That's He, he said he the only way he could get that time was to actually step away as a CEO. <laughs> Sorry. I think, I mean, I, I appreciate Jeff Bezos. Um, I'm not too much of a fan of him. Uh, more of a Warren Buffett guy myself. Uh, I, I, I like Elon Musk quite a bit, too. Uh, he's kind of eccentric, but I, yeah. I like his idea. I, I plan, if you're talking personally, what would be a, what would be a long-term goal of mine, though? I, I want to start running for, for politics. I want to get into office. Um, I think that young people in my shoes and and stuff need to really start you know get off the facebook and stop complaining about it and start yeah. fixing it yeah. if you've got issues with the way things are being ran um and i've, I've always really had a thing for politics but i, I think um and that's and for anybody that's listening that's wondering why is this guy going to get a law degree this is yeah. the exact reason yeah uh, just to reverse back to that um Politics, like I said, it's not enough young people are getting into it. They want to complain and complain and, and post things all over Facebook or whatever it is. But, you know, unless you're going to get your hands dirty and start fixing things uh, from the inside out, then you don't have a right to complain about it. 
Yeah, for for my listeners, this young man's very calculated. Nothing that's come out of his mouth is not. It, it is a step in the process for him. I could you can see it if you could see what I see. This this video that he and I are sharing, I, I can see the passion in his eyes. So I know where I know where he's headed. I just would hate to be in his way trying to stop him. <laughs> so um, how long? Like I said, you're in Florida. I'm in Mississippi. How long before I can call you up and go, hey man, I'm uh, I need to line up one of your private flights. Uh, I've been told that you provide luxury at at a very at affordable price. I'd like to take my wife to, uh, I don't know, let's uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina. I'm just throwing a place out. And uh, like, when would I be? Like, can I do that tomorrow if I wanted to? Would that be possible? Um, no. Yes and no. You, we, we are doing pre-booking orders right now. Uh-huh. Um, so let's say I don't take any pre-bookings uh, outside of October just to give leeway for um, the certification process. Uh-huh. Uh, like I said before, I mean, this is, I have a tentative date of June. Uh, starting in middle, middle of June, I want to start my first flights. I've already got people that are, that are going to be flying um, in June, and we're, we're pretty much booked out all the way up till October. Um, but the, the people that are going to be flying are already on the understanding that this is all tentative. Um, nothing's going to happen unless the FAA, you know, gets these certifications done. And like we said before, you know, the government can hurry up and wait. I know, man, hurry up and wait. (laughs) Uh, But tentatively, tentatively starting in June, uh, you can call me up and we can, we'll definitely get you where you need to be and we'll get you there in style. They are going to teach you patience is a virtue, young man. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, oh, the military, the military taught me that real. You know, they didn't, they didn't hesitate hustling you overseas, did they? Mm-mm. No, no, because how long did you I have after you that. received your orders to be, before you were on a plane? Here's a here's a funny story, real quick. Speaking about uh, going overseas and getting orders, real quick. I came into work. I was in. I was. I uh, went into work. It was a Monday, back when I was stationed at Holloman. And uh, the flight chief calls me. He's kind of my my boss's my boss's boss, I guess you could say. Um, he calls me in. He calls another another. Uh, I was a staff sergeant, so I was an E five NCO at the time. And we had another uh, senior airman, which is an E four. Um, he calls us both in the office. He goes, "Hey," uh, and we didn't know where we were going. He called us in and he said, "Hey, I've got a spot open. We're going to a location." that we can't tell you right now um you're leaving on friday and he said you two rock paper scissors real quick who's gonna go so we rock paper scissors he he won he had never deployed before he was a younger airman and he had never deployed before he won and i said hey man you know have a good time i'm gonna go hang out with my my daughter for a little bit and before i walked out the door my flight chief stops me. He goes, I'm just kidding. There's two spots. You're both going. Get your backpack for Friday. <laughs> and uh, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about working on drones or being in the Air Force. Man, um, what a sick, cruel trick. <laughs> well, no, you got to, to be fair, too, you got to know the guy. The guy that's I understand. He was, he was just jerking your chain. <laughs> the scary thing is you probably already knew that. You were like, let me get out of here before he finds me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I walked in there thinking that nobody's ever asked me if I wanted to go or not or gave me the option to go. I was like, here's your orders. I'll see you at the bus. Like, it was, that's, that's how it normally went. But 
Hey, is there a, is there going to be a limit to your service? Like, I mean, it, it, will it be just domestic flights, or will you offer everything? So my Part 135 that I filed is uh, continental U.S. and the Caribbean, um, so the lower 48 in the Caribbean. Um, what I would like to do is start, when you start moving into South America, I get a lot of inquiries about going into South America. Um, you got to work with those uh those federal agencies that are down in those certain types of countries, for instance, Brazil, Ecuador, wherever it is. Um, I would like to move down there. Now you can get, um, you can get a part 135 certificate that's global. Um, that runs back into the, you need larger aircraft because it's not, it's not efficient or economical for you to fly long ranges with the type of aircraft we're going to be using initially. Right. Um, but once you get what's called a basic part 135, you can start, you can, you can kind of tear up to the full global part 135, okay. um, which once I get larger aircraft, that's something that'll definitely, definitely be happening. Well, you got anything you want to share with our audience before you get out of here? You, 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 are, you have got to have like a very, a very sweet thirty second, just just a wowzer kind of announcement that you could. Yeah, I know, I know you've had this because you started on this back in a foxhole or back in a bunker back in in uh, uh, in the middle of nowhere, in yeah. the middle, as some folks call it, in the middle of hell. You you thought this yeah. up, so I know you got a, a few thirty second ads running in your head constantly. So yeah, so I mean, I just. Uh... You know, if you if you guys want more information on this, uh, our website is currently down right now because we're we're implementing a few booking processes and stuff like that. Uh, but you can find us at www.russellaircharter.com, and then uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Russell Aviation or Russell Aviation Charter for Instagram. And um, if you have any questions or you're trying to book or you're trying to do, if you just want to find out any information there about me or about the company or anything like that, feel free to send us a message. I actually read all of the emails. I read, um, I probably get a hundred inquiries a day and I actually sit down and read most of them. Um, and all the Facebook messages go through uh, directly to my phone actually. So I, I read them and if you're messaging in, you're going to get to me if you need to get to me. So feel free to message me, ask anything you guys want, or if you have any, uh, if you want to learn about the military even, or learn about any of my other plans, let me know. And, uh, I'm, I'm open to talk to anybody. I really, I really enjoy talking to people and getting to know people. It's a passion of mine. Well, for my listeners, you better catch him now because when Russell Aviation explodes, he'll have two assistants that are reading all these messages. <laughs> hey though, speaking of assistants, your wife, she, she's playing an active part in Russell Aviation. Like, is she going to be part of the, the figurehead of, of, uh, of Russell Aviation? Uh, my wife, um, yeah, she's, uh, she does some of my social media advertising work. Um, that's something that she's really good at. Um, and then, uh, I have a, now I have a firm that, that does all my, my social media and all of my marketing and, and advertising on that end. Um, now she's just, uh, she's the best cheerleader that I could possibly ever ask for. That's really all you ever need you guys, someday. My wife, you guys think I'm, I'm crazy. My wife is on another level of, of just motivated. She's, she's the way calmer and less talkative version of me. And it's, uh, it's a yin and yang. So I, I enjoy it, but no, she doesn't necessarily do anything actively with my business. Uh, for my listeners, guys, I can't wrap it up any better. This guy is an absolute amazement. Uh, I, I'm, I'm motivated. I'm twice his age, and he's now motivated me. I feel like I need to go out and start a business just to prove I can do it. So uh, 
like I said, Chase can't thank you enough. Um, I will, um, I'll let my listeners know this. If you want to give a young man a chance to prove you wrong, give this guy a chance because this guy will not fail. Isn't that right, Chase? That's absolutely right. I don't fail. But if he does, it's not a failure. It's a lesson learned, right? Lesson learned. That's more that military junk they used to. <laughs> I do think it's before I get off here with you. I did think it was funny that you kept referencing Facebook, your generation, and Facebook, and I, I kind of chuckled because I thought your generation doesn't know anything about Facebook. You guys are Instagram and Snapchat. You don't. Facebook's for old people. You don't know that. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an old soul. But also, I, here we I, go again. But also, Instagram or Snapchat at all till. Well, I don't have Snapchat at all. I, I'm hardly ever on social media personally if it weren't for my businesses. But He's um, an old soul. If that's not, he, he is preparing for his political run. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> you got to. Uh, you got to always think for the future. All right, man. Hey, can't thank you enough. And I, I love to, I'd love to catch up with you in the future, man. Just see what the progress of Russell Aviation, where you're at, okay? Absolutely. Will do. All right, man. Thanks again. As always, guys, Wally out. Hey guys, quick shout out to Timothy O. Davis of Ridgewood Recording Studios. His studio offers a full line of music production ranging from song demos and singles to fully produced albums. He focuses on excellence at every level of the recording and production process and will work with you for your project specific needs. So remember guys, Timothy O. Davis, reach out to him at timothydavis.org front slash Ridgewood Studios. This podcast is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner.